Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This is Sarah from the left here by myself presenting a pantsuit primer on the United States welfare system. Before I get started, I wanted to say that I lean heavily on a piece by Dylan Matthews on Vox.com called If the Goal Was to Get Rid of Poverty, We Failed, The Legacy of the 1996 Welfare Reform. So I highly encourage that if you want to learn more about our welfare system after this primer. So let's dive right in. The Social Security Act of 1935, which, fun fact, was supposedly drafted on the front porch of Vice President Alvin Barkley's home in my hometown of Paducah, Kentucky, Um, originally set up the Aid to Dependent Children program. This was um, to provide increased funding for what many state programs described as mother's pensions. Uh, They were set up in the early 1900s for single mothers, really mainly widows, as divorced mothers, unwed mothers were excluded from these programs. And it's really important to remember that from the beginning, these programs' primary purpose were to keep women at home with their children and out of the workforce. They were giving cash benefits to stay home and take care of their children. 
So some women benefited from the program. Again, divorced mothers, unwed mothers were excluded, and importantly, black mothers were also excluded from the program. In the beginning, about 96% of the recipients were white. So in the 1950s, the federal government stepped in with greater oversight in an attempt to end the racial discrimination in these programs. About a decade later, there became a welfare rights movement, which won several important legal victories, um, including a Supreme Court decision, King v. Smith, which established that the AFDC was an entitlement, which meant all eligible people must be allowed to receive these cash benefits as opposed to sort of indiscriminately um, denying people from the roles. So when you had this combination of a decrease in racial discrimination and the successes of the welfare rights movements, um, it led to a real explosion in the welfare roles. In 1955, you had about 2 million total recipients, and by 1975, that number was almost 12 million people. It's a huge increase in the people um, receiving cash benefits from these programs. So the explosion of the program, which was really meant to keep mothers at home with their children, ran directly up against some societal expectations, particularly regarding race. Black women um, historically have always worked Um, and been a part of the labor force more than white women. Um, Many parts of the South depended on the labor of black women as housekeepers and maids, and they were expected to work even if they had children. So when they joined the welfare roles um, in these programs that were meant for women to stay home with their children, um, we sort of had a clash of ideas, and the welfare programs in general became incredibly unpopular. Now, many of the proponents of these welfare rights movements now claim that their main goal was to really um, explode the system in such a way that it couldn't keep up and to make guaranteed income, which we've talked about on our show in the past, um, a reality. You know, Martin Luther King was advocating for guaranteed income by the end of his life. In fact, um, Richard Nixon proposed a welfare report package that included job contingent guaranteed income that passed the House but failed in the Senate. So you had an explosion of roles, um, but no guaranteed income, which was sort of the ultimate goal. And so by the 1980s, you really had people very unhappy with the welfare system. Ronald Reagan famously um, cited the Cadillac driving welfare queen in his in many of his um, sort of campaign stump spe- speeches and made campaign promises that he would slash the funding for AFDC, which he did, slashed it by about a sixth upon taking office. Now, many of these criticisms of the program were accurate. Um, As I previously stated, the program's purpose was to keep women at home with their children. So it did cause poor adults who possibly could work to not work. The program at the time had a 100% phase-out rate. In other words, there really was no phase-out. So every dollar you earned was a dollar less in benefits. And if the dollar you earned were taxed, or in the case of these mothers, um, you earned a wage, but now an increasing proportion of that wage needed to go to childcare because you were no longer at home with your children but were working, um, it's really not hard to see how the math made it difficult to enter the labor force for, Mary, for many Americans. And in fact, despite his criticisms of the program, Reagan actually increased the deterrence to work with his initial slashes to the programs by increasing the face-out rate so that working people got cut off even sooner. Uh, Most welfare recipients were left with inadequate benefits, so they still worked and were either being paid under the table or doing illegal sex work or drug sales. Because they had no incentive to work, um, 
because low-wage jobs were arguably leave them worse off and they would have to reapply for welfare anyway. Now, there's some disagreement as to how big of a role the phase-out raid played, but there's not a lot of disagreement among either side that at the time, the entitlement program and these cash benefits discouraged people from working. There were welfare recipients who stayed on the road for long periods of time, and there was a correlation between mothers receiving AFDC and their daughters receiving it at a later period um, once they grew up and had children. So you had generational recipients and you had people um, existing on the rolls for long periods of time, and you had a public wildly um, unhappy with the program. So as this increased, the federal government began issuing waivers to states so that they could experiment with their own welfare-to-work approaches. One of these governors was then-governor of Arkansas, Bill Clinton, who endorsed a more liberal approach um, from the Welfare Committee on the National Governors Association to expand health benefits, child care, um, and sending just a certain fraction of recipients to work. So it was more like a subsidized path to work. But once elected, Clinton's plan of this sort of highly subsidized Um, path to the labor force was met with a Congress who was not willing to approve the cost of the program. With the entrance of Newt Gingrich and the Contract for America, um, influx of new Republicans into Congress, uh, there was increasing pressure on the Clinton White, now President Clinton, to pass welfare reform. So in 1996, the Personal Responsibility and Work Opportunity Act was signed into law. The biggest change was it ended welfare as an entitlement program. No longer would Americans receive cash benefits to stay home and um, take care of dependent children. Instead, um, Congress instituted a block grant program. No longer were states given matching funds from the federal government. In particular, the more money they spent, the more money they got on welfare They got a a set amount in which they were allowed to design their own programs if they met the bill's main requirements, which was a hard time limit of two years of any benefits, although most states allow exceptions to this limit, and to avoid punishing children whose parents are in poverty. A lifetime limit of five years of benefits, encouraging two-parent families discouraging out-of-wedlock births, and enforcing child support. Now, the program was renamed Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. So, there is... Not much disagreement over the fact that in the first um, couple years and even decade after this major piece of welfare reform passed, that both poverty and welfare enrollment fell dramatically. Part of this was due to the really great economy of the late 90s and early aughts, as well as Clinton's expansion of the earned income tax credit, which made low-wage work more attractive. But the time limits and work requirements also had a dramatic effect, with some studies estimating a 60% decrease in welfare usage, so it definitely decreased the amount of people on the welfare rolls. However, as the Great Recession hit, the results of welfare and reform have become less clear. Most recent reviews of literature, including University of Kentucky's James Zillak's, um, have concluded that welfare reduced the incomes in the, of the poor. So while there were more working, they were not bringing home more income that both the increase in earnings and the decline in transfer income into account, you really see this in particular among the poorest of the poor, this sort of deep or extreme poverty, um, especially for families uh, making about $2 a day or less. And where you see some of this is in the families currently taking part in the in-kind transfer program, such as the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, or SNAP, which is basically food stamps. 
1996, you had 316,000 SNAP applicants reported having no income. In 2012, the number of applicants reporting no income had risen to almost 1.2 million people. Now, as another cause of the increase in deep poverty, besides the fact that of the Great Recession decreasing um, wages and job opportunities overall, was the block grant program itself. It gave and still gives a set amount of money to states. Um, first of all, this amount does not adjust with inflation, which means when you're in a, a society is hit with a recession, if the people in need, uh, the amount of people in need increase, the money given out doesn't. So with a great recession, when you had more people applying for these benefits and there were just there was less money overall to give out. So in addition, with the inflation-adjusted terms, the money, the, the amount of the block grants was worth less. So another criticism of welfare reform, including among many conservative proponents of the, the original Welfare Reform Act, was the amount of freedom given to states with how they administer these block funds. So when giving a huge amount of money to states without certain requirements or loose requirements, the block grants have been increasingly been used as a type of slush fund until at this point only about 20 26% goes to basic assistance assistance to the poor with the rest being used for college scholarships um, in Louisiana they're used as for anti-abortion crisis pregnancy centers um, one critic was quoted in the Vox piece as saying you set up a system that incentivizes welfare for states and not people states can keep their caseloads low and redirect the money to what they would have spent on otherwise so there are several proposed reforms for welfare reform from um, more stringent requirements on the states for how they use the block grants um, one critic proposed automatically enrolling any beneficiary of SNAP who is reporting no income both sides seem to agree that the entitlement programs of the past absolutely discouraged work, but they were more cost-efficient because it is more cost-efficient to pass out cash benefits than to subsidize childcare, health benefits, and um, more poverty-level assistance for people in low-wage jobs. So both sides seem to agree that they discourage work, but that the current programs don't do enough to reduce poverty. But unfortunately, there's no real agreement on how we move forward. It has become an increasingly um, cited issue in the Democratic Party with Bernie Sanders talking a great deal during his campaign about increased poverty and Hillary Clinton also mentioning these things. So we have criticisms from both sides on how the current programs function, but no real decisions on how to move forward. I wish I could leave you on a more positive note, but that's all I have for this Pantsuit Primer on welfare. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement 
and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. 